Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I am Michelle Lichty, and I'm here today with David Henderson. Greetings to you all. Greetings to you. We're glad you're here. Um, And we are here today to talk about your sermon from this past Sunday from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and 24, um, entitled Faith and Our Spiritual Growth. So um, I, I don't know, you asked us as staff to consider a passage from the book of 1 Thessalonians to memorize and Lo and behold, these are the two verses. Oh, that's that I'm very fun. On memorizing. <laughs> Good for you. It's fun because I I guess that Michelle because um, <laughs> we were having a conversation a couple of weeks ago and you quoted that last line: "God is faithful and He will do it." And I thought, how cool that that's a word that's tucked in your heart. So, yeah, very cool. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we so you started the. The sermon this past Sunday with a question about what is the goal of the Christian life? Mm-hmm. And I I thought if that is an interesting question. I don't know that I've ever really considered that question. Um and I mean the the bottom line is the goal of the Christian life is to make us like Christ. Mm-hmm. Is that would you agree with that? Yes. And that is kind of where I was going with this. I think. And I kind of alluded to this second service. Uh, I think C.S. Lewis, I quoted uh, Mm -hmm. a section from Mere Christianity, and that's kind of what he says is the whole reason the church exists and everything. And and I think that that's right, but from a larger perspective that he offers in other parts of his writing and from a larger perspective that scripture offers. I think if I were to boil it down all the way down to the essence, it's that God created us to be in relationship with himself. Mm. But this making us like himself is a crucial part of that because that lets the relationship that he has with us in this life mean that we are more and more usable instruments for his kingdom purposes to live out as a life of love here. Mm. The more we are like Jesus, the more that's going to happen everywhere we go. And then um, it also means that we are being made into fit company for him in eternity. And mm. so it, it, I think it, it, our being made into little Jesus's is, is like closely connected, but I think that probably the heart of the goal might be named just a little bit differently, mm. but yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I mean, part of what I was trying to get at though, is you're, as you're kind of alluding to is um, I do think that the goal of the Christian life has been reduced to something less than really what God passionately intends for us. And it's been turned mm. into Mm-hmm. mere, crucial, important, but mere forgiveness of sins or merely uh, an entry pass into heaven. Again, crucially important. And both of those are connected to God's ultimate purpose of being in relationship with us. But um, but I think they're too small of a definition. So this is kind of trying to wind it out. What does a life of faith entail? It isn't just, I believe you're who you say you are. I believe you did what you did for me. And mm-hmm. now I'm going to wait until you take me home. Um, mm-hmm. There's way more. Um, and yes. it's that transformative dimension of the Christian life that we explored in this 
uh, sermon that is the way more. Right. And, and a lot about the Holy Spirit and the mm-hmm. work of the Holy Spirit in making us like Christ. Yeah, um, I, I asked that question. Uh, so when you come down to it, it's a question I asked the Sunday before too. Is the Christian life what I do for God or is it what God does in and through me by his spirit? Mm-hmm. And this message was the one where we were kind of doing part two on the work of the spirit uh, as it relates to faith. Last Sunday was our being made new, being regenerated, mm-hmm. coming to faith. And then this is about everything the spirit does from that point on until we go to be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, my version says, may, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you kind of broke up that, broke apart that word sanctify. What does that mean? Um, and gave us that that verse in several different translations, mm-hmm. um, one of which was called the voice. I've never heard of that translation, mm-hmm. but I liked the way it did um, clarify sanctification, make you his own completely and set you apart from the rest. Yeah. yeah. Um, the voice is, I, I guess you could call it either a translation plus interpretation or a paraphrase interpretation um, <laughs> because what it does and it actually shows you this in italics it adds phrases in that aren't in the greek but that are put in as a way of trying to bring greater clarity to what the greek is getting at and mm. if you know that about the voice it can be really meaningful to use because it gives you this much fuller sense of what's going on in the passage mm. um, but it's not a great study bible it's a great one to to read at the end of your study and go, okay, is this, this is kind of maybe the heart of what's uh, getting conveyed here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one where it absolutely nailed the concept. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Michelle, you're, you're exactly right that the, the majority of this message was like, what is, what is holiness? Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, it's to sanctify you is to make you holy. What is being made holy. And then Here's this other project God seems to be on, which is to make us like Jesus and just showing how those are actually the exact same project. For us to be made mm-hmm. holy is mm-hmm. for us to be made like Jesus. Right. Right. And, you know, and then for the, just to reiterate what you said just a few minutes ago is the whole purpose of making us holy and like Jesus is to be in relationship with God. And to be fit instruments of his in this world. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, the more clearly from the story that I shared at the beginning of the message, the the more we are like Jesus, which is his gracious work in us, not our virtuous, right. uh, aren't we something, <laughs> um, is uh, the, the more uh, God is able to use us in this world to point people to him. Mm-hmm. Right, right. One of the things you said is we are to be Christ-shaped people living cross-shaped lives or cross-formed lives. Yes, cross-shaped lives. That is something that has, um, in fact, I taped that under my computer this morning, Hmm. um, that uh, Christiform selves, uh, cruciform lives. Those those come Uh, from two different people. Uh, Hans uh, Urs von Balthasar is a Swiss theologian who came up with that. Christiform idea of being Christ shaped mm-hmm. as in our character. And then right. it was a guy named Jimmy Davis. And I think it goes back before that who used the expression cruciform, 
describe the kind of life we're called to live, uh, which is this cross-shaped, sacrificial offering up of our lives. And I, I, that just struck me, that phrase, as I wrote it, it's like, boy, does this sum up the Christian project? Uh, what is God wanting to, what is he about by his spirit? There it is, to a, yeah. a Christ-shaped character, a cross-shaped life, and the spirit is the one who equips us uh, for those two things. Yes. Yes, I I um <clears throat> I think I meant to write write cruciform and not cross formed. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, that I wrote down that phrase cuz I was like that that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Um and then causes me to reflect one of the questions you asked is well to what extent does my life reflect Jesus Christ? And how can I do that how you know how can i allow or cooperate with the holy spirit to allow jesus to be reflected even more and more yeah so just as an aside and then let's circle back to that the the next section that we're going into we're following paul's themes of faith love and hope in first thessalonians mm-hmm. so we spent three sundays on faith which is as it turns out all about becoming Christ-shaped people, and now we turn to the next theme, which is love, and we'll discover that, as it turns out, that's all about living a cross-shaped life um, in the way that we relate to others. So it's it's very very powerful, I think, as a as a yeah. short as a succinct capturing of of what God's up to. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I talked about um, is that holiness. Um, you know, one of the themes you often hear me say is I think that, you know, we do, and I, and I get why we do this, but we have, we all have a propensity to kind of shrink down a concept to try to make it easily communicable. Um, mm-hmm. And we've done that a lot in the evangelical church. And I think holiness is one of those things where we've done that. There are a lot of passages um, that talk about how God is holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. And you realize Isaiah is not saying morally perfect, morally perfect, morally perfect is the Lord our God. He is saying something way wider than that, absolutely including that, but something so much more. So when we mm-hmm. think of holiness as his flawlessness in every dimension of who God is, flawless in majesty, flawless in humility, flawless in mercy, flawless in compassion and and, and justice and, and in his moral character, um, right. then I think it's... Uh, God, so much huger. And one of the asides that I made was, I think if we lose track of that, and this goes back to some earlier discussions we've had, if we lose track of that, then we can feel entitled as Christians to speak either in truth or in love, Mm. because we think they represent two different dimensions of who God is. Mm. Instead of realizing that they are both fully and flawlessly part of God's nature, and we can never speak truth without also speaking love, and we can never speak love without truth also inf- not informing that. And, right. and I think that's, uh, to me, that was a, a helpful aha because of the way I think if we, if we um, boil holiness down to just this concept of moral perfection, mm-hmm. we end up... Uh, creating a little bit of a schizophrenic God. Um, mm. And and mm-hmm. then we can live a little bit of schizophrenic lives of mm-hmm. being angry, loving Christians. And it's like, wait, how how does that how does that mm. fit? 
Right. So when we talk about holiness and God, we're talking about his flawlessness in every dimension of his character. But then when we talk about holiness in us, that's certainly not our starting point. We're not flawless. Right. Um, But um, there, there, the idea of holiness for anything other than God is something that is completely his. It's been completely given over to him. And Mm. then as a result of that complete giving over, the, the project begins of fashioning us into more and more flawless people in a way that reflects his character. Right. Oh, this all feels very heady. <laughs> right. I mean, important, right? We Because we have to be thinking straight in order to be living well, right? So it's important that we're thinking straight. Um, but then my question is, okay, so how do I live this out on, you know, Wednesday at 10 a.m.? Right. <laughs> Which is exactly why I brought these two streams together, because I think I think like love, like justice, like righteousness, it's so easy for us for those concepts to stay conceptual. And mm. then they don't really have grip. They don't have traction in our hearts. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but me being a more Jesus-like person today than I was yesterday, um, that like I can instantly think of what that means in my relationship with my kids and with my wife and with my boss and with my uh, neighbors. And I mean, just, it's so easy to fill in the blank. Am I a more Jesus-like version of me today? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think then that there's also a sense of adventure connected to that. Hmm. You know, we will all retain our unique personalities when we go to be with the Lord. I'm confident of that. And yet all of us will be a Jesus-like version of the unique person that he fashioned us to be. I think that is an important thing to to just say again, because I think we tend to have this um, Eastern mysticism, Buddhist kind of thinking that, that if we are going to be all like Jesus, then we are all going to be replicas of jesus or just folded into whoever who jesus is rather than i will be michelle you will be david we will be distinct and like jesus at the same time Mm -hmm. and that again that's one of those tensions one of those mysteries that we don't necessarily understand um you know, at in a at a deep level, how can we be like Jesus and be ourselves? Yeah. But um, but it's it's the truth. Like that's what the Bible teaches. Yeah, and you know, I think a a way to make that really practical is to hop over to another of Paul's letters and look at the letter of Galatians and talking about the fruit of the Spirit what the spirit is trying to accomplish in and through us, which is exactly what we're talking about from first Thessalonians. Well, um, you and I are similar in some ways, very different in other ways. Mm -hmm. And yet we are both being made more loving by the spirit of God, more joyful, more peaceful, uh, who we are uniquely, uh, more gentle, more faithful, more, um, more allowing the inner mastery of the spirit to control who we are uniquely. I mean, you walk your way through the list of the mm. kind and so on 
um, the we so it is a it's not who we are but it's the way we are who we are that mm. becomes jesus like yeah and i don't have to strive to be like my favorite christian celebrity oh man is that so true yep. right like i mean i think that's kind of what i was getting at too yeah. is like yes. not only do i not do it not only am i lost inside this um the person of jesus but i'm also not called to be my favorite christian celebrity or you <laughs> david as my boss or mm-hmm. um you know or the person i admire on my street like i'm not called to be that person that's right. i'm called to be more me in a christ-like way yes yeah this is one of the things i think that enneagram has been used in a lot of di- a lot of different ways and some of those are um kind of a i think a mangling of the intent um mm-hmm. but some of them are really so solid and one of the uh, the the solid approach to using the enneagram begins with uh, asking the question what insights do i gain into the unique way that god fashioned and designed me and i think yeah. that's where the enneagram can be so helpful and then it asks the next very helpful question what would a more redeemed version of me look like in other words what would a more christ like version of me look like it's so it's a, it's a great tool um, mm-hmm. so you just think about some of the, you know, there's the very artful and expressive, um, personality. There's the very thoughtful and reflective personality. There's mm-hmm. the take charge personality. There's the people influencer. There's the lover of people. There's the person who, who is great at seeing the way things aren't the way they should be and has mm-hmm. a sense of how to make mm-hmm. those right. There's the adventuresome mm-hmm. person. Yeah. And and God isn't saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm, my goal is to rid you of all those distinctives and to turn mm-hmm. you into some kind of mud that is a melding together of all of you. Um, but it is a you being you fully released into Jesusness. And, and I think that is really exciting. And, and Michelle, to your point, um, tell me what you think about this. I, I think every culture, and this is so true about American culture, idolizes certain personality qualities and dismisses other certain personality qualities. I think that's yeah, true. I think so. Absolutely. Which, which would you say are some of the ones we idolize in the U.S.? Oh, um, I think they're changing. I think mm. they're changing um, because I would think that, you know, when I was growing up, it was the, um, the, the, person who spoke their mind, who worked really hard, who pulled themselves up by their bootstraps Mm, and made something better of themselves. And now I think it's probably the person who is the truest to themselves, who's Mm. the most authentic. Um, That's very interesting. Yeah. So I, I I think it's changing some by generation, but, um, but yeah, we definitely, idolize you know if we're going to talk in enneagram language i would say before it was probably um like the enneagram three the striver the achiever the performer and now it's probably more like the enneagram six who's who wants security and safety and um but that might be or the seven the adventure lover the the adventure lover right like let me travel let me do my fun thing um and i don't need you know i just work as minimal as possible in order to do my fun. 
So, and one of the things I was thinking about is, and I think um, with the the discovery of film, uh, and then the development of movies and commercials and celebrity culture that has come with that, um, mm. I I think physical beauty, mm. and yeah. I think youth, and I think um, mm. up the the upfront platform gifts. Uh, having a great singing voice, having yes. poise in front of people, the ability to to be, you know, at ease in that kind of position of like in a group. The influencer. Be, yes, right. Those tend to be things where it's like um, the, the subtle or not so mes- subtle message is we're all supposed to be like that guy or by, like that girl. And, right. Um, and this is a place where I think, you know, a a reserved and reflective introvert can reflect um love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness and the control of the spirit of god in their lives you know i think that um and it doesn't mean becoming a charismatic upfront leader to to be the fulfillment of god's purpose in your life and you could you could fill in the blank with with any other kind of personality or personality characteristic i think yeah yeah Yes. And that just realizing that was so freeing for me Mm -hmm. just to realize, um, you know, God isn't necessarily like God's calling me to be who he created me to be. Yes. Not who he created someone else to be. Yep. So, and that ties into a word that I mentioned um, that is, is one of my favorite words in Greek is the word teleos. Um, which means um, uh, perfect or um, complete or mature. Um, but the as I've understood that word, it it gets at um, kind of end goal. And mm. so when it talks about God's creative work, it is the end goal that God had in mind from the start. So this teleos is who God intended you to be from the start before sin and rebellion got its way mm. in there who did he mm-hmm. mean you to be and to lay us is god bringing you toward that so one of the words i described there's this one place where i talk about through and through right and um one of those through words means entirely or completely and that to lay us I, so i um it's you and me becoming entirely and completely who god intended us to be from the start mm. wow that is so exciting to think about living into that and yeah. then when you realize that that um, he says, and also I want you to be entirely and completely that thing, which fulfills that brings God's God pleasure and fulfills his purposes in this world. Wow. Me being fully who God intended me for, to be from the start is also part of how God is fulfilling his, his purposes in this world. I mean, I, th- I think there is this just like, um, effervescent kind of um purpose that spills out from that hearing mm-hmm. those words spoken uh, to me that's just so powerful um and, and it's so deeper so much deeper than just through and through yeah right like i just think okay through and through like from my head to my toe yeah right and, and it's, it's still saying it's, it's saying the it, same thing it just has a rich nuance in it that right you know, i mean the thing i wouldn't want to communicate ever is that there's some 
um, access to a deeper insight into scripture that comes from having the original languages available to you versus English translations. We have excellent English translations and we're always benefited by comparing different translations. Bible Gateway mm. is a great mm. uh, tool for doing that. Um, where you can see all the different English translations side by side, and then you can get an idea of the range of meaning that a phrase or a word might have. Um, so there's not any like secret meaning. It's just a, right. an enriched meaning that comes from knowing of some of that background. And that's what I meant. Yeah. Like oh, I know. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't calling yeah. you on that. I was really speaking to our, uh, right. those who are listening in on our conversation because yeah. I think yeah. there, there can be a little bit of that. Oh, I yeah, wish like, I knew, I wish the I knew biblical Greek so that I could read it in the biblical Greek and see this myself, which. And really understand what it's saying, which isn't what's true. We can really understand what it's saying without that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yes. Michelle, let me just hop on where you were going. And I think some of where the sermon all came to as well. And that is um, so all of this is God's incredibly exciting goal for us to mm -hmm. for us to become more Jesus-like versions of ourselves. I, I mean, I think that <laughs> this is so exciting, um, yeah, and, and and captivating, and it could be absolutely overwhelming and paralyzing mm -hmm. if we felt like God was handing us that assignment. Okay, in the days you have left, you need to figure out how to make yourself a more Jesus-like version of you. I'm I'm dead in the water at that point, um, and I'm right. guessing you and the rest of us are too. Um, yes, <laughs> I I just have never figured out how to be able to change myself in any substantial way in any part of my life. And then this is where we come to the passage of scripture that you've been memorizing and that you quoted to me a few weeks back, um, mm -hmm. so meaningfully. And God has promised that he will do this. He's faithful and he will see this through. Um, yeah. Wow. So that's where this, you know, like it's all this whole thing comes together. What is the life of faith? It is the life that God is forming in us and, and that he is living through us by his spirit. And mm. the freedom of that, the adventure of that, the, uh, the gravity of that. Wow. That is so incredible. And that's really where I, kind of wanted to bring the message at the end is this is all God's project in us that we just get to cooperate with. Yes. Yes. And I think that cooperation, um, I mean, that's where, that's where we can get stuck, right? Mm -hmm. Because it can be kind of scary. I mean, yes. to be honest, uh, I have found myself in my quiet, uh, with my Bible going, God, I don't really want to cooperate with this work because it's scary. Right. And, um, and so, you know, like, you're going to have to change me, like change my attitude and change me even deeper, at a deeper level than I can even acknowledge in order for me to be able to cooperate, yep. which is, which is an honest and good prayer to pray. Um, and, and if I'm, you know, I think cooperate is even, even acknowledging like, God, I don't really want to cooperate with you in this. That is a cooperation versus I recognize this is an area where I need that. I need to give over to you and I'm not going to do it. And I'm, I'm not going to do it, mm. you know? So that's the difference between cooperating. I think. Oh, I, I really agree. And I think that Lord, I believe helped my unbelief. Lord, I 
cooperate, help me in those places where I'm still not cooperating. Lord, I'm willing, help me in all those places where I'm really unwilling. Um, I, th- I think that's really right. And and Michelle, I think this is one of those places, and again, with this is something we've talked about in the past, but it's one of those places where gratitude is so mm-hmm. profound. I talked about mm-hmm. what happens when, you know, every day I am seeking to invite and cooperate with the spirit. But if at the same time, every night I'm looking back and saying, whoa, look at how, I may not see it in, in at the end of a day of how God was using that day. I just had a conversation with someone who was looking back and describing how over the last five years, he was beginning mm. to see how God was at work in his life, doing this, this subterranean work that is glorious and amazing that he didn't, it just felt like annoyance and difficulty and struggle during those five years. And he got to the end of it and looked back and was like, look at what God's been doing. Yes. And I think the more we can live in a posture of gratitude, the quicker we will be to p- begin to pick up on those things and I tell you, when I can look back on my life and see ways that he's grown me in humility or in trust or in a regard for other people that is willing to be sacrificial um, or whatever it is, when I mm-hmm. see those things forming in me and then I turn to the start of the next day, that makes me so ready to say, God, you have proven it doesn't matter how hard it's going to get. You have mm-hmm. proven you are so worthy of my trust. You are so faithful. Yes, Lord, go for it. Whatever you want to form in me. You know, that mm. fear begins to disappear when mm-hmm. we can celebrate that he is faithful. He is faithful. We, can, we cannot see the faithfulness until we express gratitude, which, of course, leads to the verse just before that or a few verses before that. Be thankful in all circumstances. It's like, oh, it all it's so cool how it all fits together. Um, yeah. Yeah beyond what we can even describe right because it's god's work not ours yes and yeah yeah and it's his it's his glorious work and you know i early on in my christian life i've been a follower of christ for more than 40 years early on in my christian life you know i would be afraid to ask god to make me humble or to uh teach me how to be more loving now Mm. it's like oh lord no (laughs) <laughs> please yeah. yes i want to be a more jesusy version of myself i want you i want you to fulfill your will in and through me in this world and yeah um, yeah it's like as a mom of young children i never prayed for patience <laughs> cuz i was like i knew if i did my kids would be bad that day but you know i mean which is kind of a really wrong way of thinking about it but um but but- it makes sense at that when we haven't really begun to see that faithful way that God works. And then you realize, Oh, I don't, I I, I thought I needed to protect myself from the more severe parts of God. There are no severe parts of God when we are seeking to be in relationship with him. He he may act with some strength and sternness, but there's no, there's no part of him that the whole, is he, is he safe? Is he good kind of tension? Right. Um, Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and then Nothing I realized, like, even when I don't pray that prayer, my kids are still bad. So, <laughs> well, well, Michelle, that's exactly, it's exactly what I learned early on. I think we may have talked about this. There was a guy I remember hearing just after I became a Christian who said, I prayed for humility. You better watch out for what you pray for. And, and I actually took that to heart. I thought, oh, that's, mm. there are some things you have to be careful about praying to God about. And only it, much later did I realize, wait, God is already in the business of seeking to make me not a proud person, but to make me a humble person. 
in other words, to make me more like Jesus. Um, you know, this Jesus who is humble and gentle in heart. So if that, if he's already doing that work in my life, well, the best thing I could possibly do would be to invite that and cooperate with it instead of resist it. And then that's when we experience the sternness of God, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if I'm, you know, when I'm, if I'm aware when my kids are bad, then I can ask God for wisdom and to how, yep. right? To how to, how to train them, how to discipline them, how to change my attitude as I'm, you know, what words to say, you know, it's just, yeah. The, yeah, Michelle, the cooperation another, is... Yes, right. Another way to express that goes back to the, what, what I feel like was really one of the most important sermons I preached in the last five years, the one I preached, I think it was on January 8th of this year about these two kinds of loves. Uh, one is a love for God that finds its fulfillment and satisfaction in him to have and to hold him. And he is the one, the only one who will ever satisfy us. And then the, the, the other kind of love that God made us to enjoy is a love for everything and everyone else. Mm. And that is a love that always has God in view. Mm -hmm. So when I see my kids and always with reference to God, then then I can be aware that there, there is a way I'm parenting here. And there's also a work God is up to here in every moment. And I can right. I can respond to this one and be open to this one at the same time instead of going, well, no, <laughs> keep it away. <laughs> I go, Lord, this is great. I love what you do. I mean, you know, yeah. I've been working with some eye issues from the surgery that I had um, uh, the beginning of last week. And uh, that hasn't resolved yet. And that's just become... Um, it's annoying uh, and it's exhausting, but it has become a really sweet way of uh, of saying yes to God. Just mm. Lord, I whatever is the fruit you are bearing, meaning to bear in me through this, I receive and I invite and I want to cooperate mm -hmm. with it. Yeah, yeah. I came across. I was reading. Um, I've I've really enjoyed going back through uh, Oswald Chambers' book, My Utmost for His Highest, and mm, this mm -hmm. is a portion of the reading for today. And I thought it fits so well with uh, all the things we were talking about. So if I could just maybe read this to wrap up. Sure. The expression of Christian character is not good doing, but God-likeness. If the Spirit of God has transformed you within you will exhibit divine characteristics in your life, not good human characteristics. Hmm. God's life in us expresses itself as God's life, not as a human life trying to be godly. The secret of a Christian is that the supernatural is made natural to him, to her, by the grace of God. It's exactly kind of where we've landed at the end of this. It's all about the supernatural being made natural in us, of wanting what God wants. Yes. And that too is a work of his spirit. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely is. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Oh, absolutely. Yep. In that, in him is our rest. Yes. Well, thank you, David. Thank you, Michelle. Delight to talk with you. Yes, and thank you to our audience, whether you've joined us um, live on Facebook or later on our blog, on our podcast. We are grateful for the few minutes you had with us today or we had with you today. And um, as we go, let's remember to surrender to the Holy Spirit and allow him to live his life of love through us.